Yes, sir. And welcome to the road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. I'm your host, Brock Hendricks, and I want to thank you for listening to another episode of Road to Damascus. Before we start the show, I just want to tell you, as usual, how you could participate. You can reach out to us on, via email at road to Damascus. That's road, the number two, Damascus at iCloud.com. Or you can follow us on our socials. We are on Instagram as well as Twitter. And that's road to Damascus, road, the number two, Damascus. Email us, follow us on our socials. Reach out to us. Tell us how much you love the show, show ideas and topics. And we would love to interact with the people who listen to us on the regular. And with that being said, now let's get started with the show. Uh, for about the, what's this, the third show in a row that has just been me and the rabbi. So let me give her her proper introduction. The old sage one, the great and powerful wizard, the one, the only. Let's get, no. Rabbi, say what's up to the people. Say what's up to him. What's up, everybody? Glad to be back. And we're glad to have you. Glad to have you. Don't worry. We I know some of y'all miss Stefan and Miss Lauren. We miss them too. Mm-hmm. Um, Stefan is now a television star, so um, I didn't have money to get Life Water or Voss Water, so I don't know <laughs> if he's going to show back up until we're able to have uh, the proper uh, uh, accoutrements or <laughs> um, what do they call it? His rider. We have to right, right. we have to meet his rider. So all red skittles, <laughs> right? We got so, you, Steph. We got you, but um, so we hope that the people who listen were able to check that show out. Um, so today's show is going to be. Um, I feel like a very much needed topic, a great topic. And if the way we were talking before the show started is any indication, uh, we may be, um, we may, <laughs> I don't know. We just see how it goes. Right. We just see Coming how it goes. Yeah. To a backyard near you. <laughs> hey, Tracy, how you right. doing? Um, what is freedom? What is true freedom in Christ? What does that look like? What is that? I mean, we're really going to try to dive deep into this thing today. So, Rabbi, what is freedom? What is true freedom in Christ? Well, you just come right out the gate. With just it. right out the gate. Um, I mean, I could, you know. No, you, just you, gotta, could, you couldn't. You, you, you know. But what do you say? Straight no chasers, yeah. right? Yeah. Hit them right on in the mouth. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, I think you and I were having a conversation once before. And... Uh, it is apparent that many people have no idea what freedom actually means. Um, we have this idea that it is, you know, I do whatever I want. You know, that that's not freedom. Um, I do what I want. I say what I want. Trust, trust me, y'all, that's not freedom. Freedom is, you know, being empowered to act, to speak, or to think without restraint. But freedom in Christ is you are free to be a son You are free to access all rights and privileges of sonship. You're free to access the throne, uh, the throne room without hindrance. You're free to follow him without fear. Um, The way we use freedom is not the way it actually appears in the Bible, which is why it's uh, it's it's great to have Hebrew uh, and Greek references when we use American words, when we use English words, we tend to give them, when we're reading the Bible, we tend to give the words that we read uh, regular Merriam-Webster meanings. 
when you need some Hebrew Greek uh, to know where that word came from, the right. root, what it was actually trying to say. So right. not every time the word love is used in Bible, it's right. the same love. Right. And uh, so, yeah, the way we use freedom uh, is not the way duolos, the biblical term for freedom, is used in, in the Bible. It's not the same. And what can you uh, give us the definition of that real quick? Yeah, it actually appears that way less than 10 times. Um, in the Bible, and, and what it means is you are free from being a slave to sin. So when we actually ask the question, what does true freedom in Christ means? That's the definition in a nutshell, that you are now free from being a slave to sin, not free to say what you want and do what you want because you no longer belong to you. You are no longer an ambassador for yourself. You don't speak for you. Um, your, your thoughts are not your own. Your mind should be transformed uh, by renewal. Old things are passed away. All things become new. You are now walking in a newness of life. So to have the idea that I'm grown, I do what I want, doesn't necessarily reflect newness. That's the old way of thinking. That shows you are still enslaved. But true freedom in Christ means you're free from being enslaved to sin. Man, um, all right. Well, thanks for listening to the show. No, just no, I love how you you broke that down. Um, so I'm, I'm I don't think I'll be as eloquent and as well versed in as the the old sage rabbi over here. You know, <laughs> no. Um, I'll be honest with you. To me, freedom in Christ, true freedom, um, is what you said. Um, being free from sin. But to me, it's free to freedom is freedom in relationship. Um, okay. When I when I think of true freedom, uh, your mom, Shonda, who's gone on, is no longer with us. Mm-hmm. Your relationship with your mom was your relationship with your mom. Right. Period. Period. It wasn't the same relationship that your siblings had. Right. It was your relationship. Right. I couldn't tell you about your relationship with your mom. The way your mom dealt with you might have been differently than she dealt with with your, your other siblings, whoever else was in her life. Right. Y'all had a relationship though. Absolutely. You knew what you could do, what you couldn't do. Maybe well there were, there maybe was some things that your mom wouldn't let you get away with that. Maybe she would let one of your siblings get away with because that love, that relationship was different mm-hmm. to me. Freedom is freedom to be free in my relationship. The way I'm dealt with. Okay. The way I am a, a, approached the way God deals with me. The way God deals with you is different than he deals with me. Right. So I can't put restrictions on your relationship because how he deals with you might not be the same way he deals with me. Right. The revelation he gives you may not be the revelation he gives to me. So freedom is freedom in relationship. Okay. I think we try to tell people what their relationship should be. I can't tell you what your relationship would be right. with, with your mom. Just like I couldn't tell your mom what your her relationship would be. To you, as you being a parent, you have two sons. Right. You deal with your sons differently. Right. I can't tell you how to raise your sons. I can't tell you. I can give you tips like as a man and you're raising two male sons. Mm-hmm. Sometimes this can help. Sometimes that can help. Right. Right. But you ultimately know how they are. Mm-hmm. And you know how to deal with them accordingly. Maybe one, you could just say you're on punishment for a week. And that's going to get them in line. Right. Another one, you may just say, I'm disappointed in you. And that's sufficient. And that's sufficient. Right. And I think that 
what we've done as a body is try to make a one size fits all. Mm. And you can't do a one size fits all. Right. And it's just like a revelation that I got. And, and I don't even, it wasn't really even on a spiritual level, but now that I think about it, it was all, it's always spiritual, but because to understand the things of the supernatural, you must first understand the things of the natural. Right. There's a difference between teaching and educating. When I'm teaching somebody, I'm talking and they're listening. I'm teaching you how to do this. I'm teaching you how to do that. When I'm educating you, I'm trying to get you to not only know what I know, but study yourself, mm -hmm. dive into it yourself. You see what I'm saying? Right, right. We do a good job in, the, in, in church of teaching, but we do a poor job of educating. Mm -mm. Because we want all the information you get to come from us. If, if you're not in the church, it's not coming directly from the pastor, the deacon, or, or uh, elder, then that's not the right information. You miss so much like that. I think most people who get up to teach think about creating good students. Good teachers don't create good students. Good teachers create good teachers. Bam. You reproduce after your kind. You reproduce after your own kind. Absolutely. But if I stand here and I say, A, B, C, and D is A, B, C, and D, you're going to regurgitate A, B, C, and D. Mm -hmm. And there's no foundation because you don't have the knowledge that I have. If I taught you how to, if Stefan, Stefan does construction. Right. I helped Stefan last week um, lay some floor. I've never laid floor before. Okay. So I'm helping him. So he's showing me what to do. Right. Now, this is my younger brother showing me what to do. I don't know how to do it. I've never done it. So he was teaching me how to do it. He, then he would let me do it. Now, if I wanted to get into a profession in that, it would be a different lesson. It's educated. All right, this is what I want you to do, B. I want you to, um, this is how you use this tool. This is the way, the side you cut on, the how you use it. This is the way you nail the floor into the um nail the uh, floor into the um, the base mm -hmm. and things like that. But also here, watch a couple videos on YouTube that can, you know, safety, these goggles, right. all that other stuff. Like, because now it's about what I want to do. We have a lot of people that come into church that want to be able to bring other people to church that want to be able to introduce people to God, but we don't teach them how to do that. Oh, excuse me. We don't educate, educate. them. Right. We teach them how to do that. But when they get hit with questions, get hit with questions and lessons and things that they don't know the answers to. They don't have the foundational wherewithal to be able to, to break it down and combat it. Right. Because I can teach you how to do this right here. But if you're going to teach somebody, you need foundational aspects. You need historical context. You need grammatical information. You need an understanding of Hebrew Greek terminology. You need the understanding of times and dispensations. You need to be educated so that you can actually prepare a person to be able to teach it to somebody. Because else. I'm not I'm not telling you the FAQs, which is frequently right. asked questions. Right. Like right. because I'm giving, you the cliff I'm giving you the cliff notes to be able to. Oh, Jesus died for the remissions of my sins. And why should, okay, why should I serve him? Um, well, and I, I'll give you an example of one time something I did. Um, I was at my grandmother's house. I don't know if I brought this story up before. And some uh, Mormon missionaries stopped by. And I happened I to be you. there. And the Mormon missionary knocked on the door. I saw him. My grandma was like, you don't have to. I said, no, no, 
I like to give them a right. let's let's talk. Let's see. Let's see. Convert me this day. I turned into King Agrippa. <laughs> Convert me this you almost day. Almost converted me. <laughs> no, but um, so I opened the door. Hey, you know, they were trying to tell me about their information. So the first question I asked right out the gate. Um, why is it that your organization believed that up until 1979 that the only way black people was going to get into heaven were as slaves? Their eyes bulged. I could tell they had never been prepared for that question, mm -hmm. but they didn't know what I knew. But I've educated myself on other people's faiths and, and things like that so I can be able to speak to certain things that when I have a conversation with somebody, I can also understand maybe where some of their objections may come in to play but that's about wanting to be educated right and not everybody wants to be educated but they want the title they want the 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 pomp and circumstance but they don't want the function and I think that's why so many people are bound because they've never really been educated about true freedom we have that um slave mentality of and and when you really think about it not just us as black people Mm -hmm. being descendants of slaves. But even the Bible spells out a slave mentality with the children of Israel. Like, think about it, Shonda. You were over here asked to make bricks out of straw under this hot sun, mm -hmm. getting beat repeatedly. God comes and sets you free. Mm -hmm. Not only did he set you free, he set you free with interest. Yeah. With interest. Mm-hmm. So your years of not being paid, you got paid right. with interest. Mm -hmm. And the minute you get a little, little adversity in the wilderness, mm -hmm. take us back. Take us back because they didn't understand freedom. If, if being enslaved is the freest you've ever been, then true freedom is overwhelming if you've never been taught about it. Say that again. <laughs> Can you repeat that? No. If being enslaved is the freest you've ever been, then true freedom is overwhelming. Absolutely. You know, it's Absolutely. overwhelming to you. So, whoa, just take me, let, let me go back. Because your, your, your brain's not free, your mind's not free. To free a body without freeing a mind, it will automatically default back into the situation. Amen. Amen. People like the concept of freedom because of how they interpret it, what they interpret freedom to mean. They, they think it's freedom from obligation so I can do whatever I want. That's a concept that is um, a futile construct that you'll never, ever be able to reap good benefits from. But that's the limited mind. That's, that's what you think of freedom. So well, I do what I want, say what I want. That's not freedom. That's not freedom. That's setting you up for bondage for real. Oh, yeah. Well, we talk about home of the brave, land of the free here. Mm -hmm. I'm not free to just slap somebody. I'm not no. free to just shoot somebody. Nope. I'm not free to go to speed I want to go to. I'm not free to go into somebody's house and take their food. I'm not, a, I'm not free to do any of these things. It's the home of the brave. It's not the land of the free. <laughs> At all. And, but what we've told people is that you're free to do these things. 
and they believe that it's freedom, but it's not freedom because they haven't really tasted true freedom. And, and to be honest with you, there'll be a never a time on this, this planet that you'll have true freedom. Right. Brittany Griner just got nine and a half years for her freedom over here in America, that those inalienable rights don't transfer with you. True freedom doesn't matter where you are on earth. You are still free. Those freedoms don't go away. The freedom of God is without condition. Anywhere you go. Anywhere you go. God is there. If you make your bed in hell, Mm -hmm. he said he will be with you. So what we, so that's what I'm, so that's where I go to the relationship part for me. Mm -hmm. Because to understand the freedom of having a relationship with Christ, I understand that there are no bounds of what Christ wants me to do. Now, the thing that comes with that freedom can be you getting put in uncomfortable situations and you having to deal with them. But there are always going to be prices for freedom. And, the, and, and some of the prices maybe people might not like you. They might not agree with you. Yeah. But we don't even, we try to be people pleasers. Do you agree with that? Oh, yeah, for the most part. People want to be liked more so than respected. I'd rather be respected. <laughs> Elaborate can, on that. I can assure you at some point you're not going to like me. I can, get, I can pretty much guarantee that. Cause I'm I'm gonna say something, right? And you're not gonna like me, okay? And, it, and it's okay. I'm I'm not out for likes. I'm gonna tell you the truth, and eventually you'll learn to respect the fact that you can expect honesty from. Me. So I'm gonna give it to you like that. People misunderstand the difference between freedom and rights. You think just because you have the right to do something, you're free to do it? No, that's not how that goes. Well, even even the Bible says, um, uh, what does it say? Hold on, I lost my train of thought. It says, um, not everything is unlawful, but not everything is expedient. Right. Or just because it's lawful. Right. Doesn't mean it's expedient. Right. Okay, it ain't against the law, but you probably shouldn't do it. You probably shouldn't do it. You probably shouldn't do it. Right. Yeah. I think we have (laughs) freedom in Christ is... um, it's not the freedom or the right to do what you want. It's permission and ability to do what you ought. See, we, we think of it in terms of what we want to do. No, no, it's you should be thinking in terms of what you should do. You are free to do what you should do without restraint. You are free to do it. You're not free to do what you want to do. <laughs> That's not how it works. Right. You are free to do what you should do. And you shouldn't worry about the backlash from doing the right thing because there will be some. But you shouldn't not do the right thing trying to control the outcome because now you're interfering with freedom. Freedom and truth go hand in hand. You will know the truth and it will make you free. When you want your truth to free everybody at the table, you have just messed it up. Your truth is only going to make you free. It's not designed to set everybody else free. Their truth will make them free. And your truth will make you free. make you free. So how, how have we gotten into this position, in your opinion? Which, which position is that? Where we have a body that doesn't know that it's free. As it is in the natural, <laughs> so it is in the spiritual. There are people walking around who have their body, but they're still not free. We still, so many of us are still, I think, um, engrossed in slave mentality. 
And how you do anything is how you do everything. everything. So you're not going to be free in your mind and bound spiritually. That's not that's not how it goes. You're not going to be free in your mind and not be able to be free spiritually. How you do anything is how you do everything. The first thing you have to recognize that you as a person are free and that you're no longer bound uh, or enslaved to how uh, people who don't look like you think of you. You're no longer bound to the definitions that the world has given you. You have to first accept your own freedom, and then you can understand. Most people go into relationships with Christ like they've had with each other. They enter into their uh, relationship with the church like they do with each other, with the same concepts and thoughts and principles. There's no, there's been no washing with the word, with the word of God. All you have is how you feel and how you were raised, and those things that have been indoctrinated in you since you were a kid. And we come into Christ with these same things. That relationship is never going to work like that. We have to be free first inside. You have to accept your freedom in order to build a relationship where freedom is paramount. Like you come in with God and you treat, like we have, we give everybody freedom except the people who are close to us. Elaborate. Like everybody in your life has um, freedom to, to go as they want, to come as they want, to do whatever they want to do, except, except your wife or your husband. They don't have those freedoms. You, you or your kids to, when they're a certain right. age. You want them at home at a certain time. You don't want them. Where, where, where are you going? What are you, what are you doing? You don't ask your friends. Right. But it, we give everybody that freedom except the people who are close to us. But then we come in contact, you know, with the God who says, where my spirit is, you are free. And we take our limited idea or concept of freedom into that relationship so we don't understand it so we misunderstand the scripture i think it's second corinthians 3 and 17 where the spirit of the lord is there is liberty but when you don't understand what what freedom is you spend 10 years in a relationship with him never feeling free always wanting more and wondering why well, why is this, what is happening to me because you don't have an idea of what freedom is and then we get angry with god and frustrated with him because we think he's not doing what he said that he would do, but we're misunderstanding because we're bringing English terms into, um, we're bringing English definitions into Hebrew relationships. We're bringing um, Christian theology into Jewish traditions, and it's not Western, Western. Yeah, Western thinking, theology into Jewish traditions. First century Jewish thinking. And it's not working. Uh, what are you free from? The spirit of the Lord is there's liberty. There's freedom. Freedom from what? There's freedom from misunderstanding because the veil is taken away. And then you'll be able to see not in part but in whole. But if you don't understand. I see in part. I saying. know in part. Right. Because I see in part. Right. And he's like, but wait, where my spirit is, you, what am I free? You're free from the law of sin and death. But you, we mistake what we're free from. And what our liberties are. Right. Because we think of. Home of the brave, land of the free. Right. A Western. We think it's free from obligations. So I, I ain't obligated to nobody. I can do what I want and I can say what I want. And you're setting yourself up not only for physical bondage at some point but that level of thinking, but spiritual bondage. It, it hinders your relationship. Relationships it, with a yes. S. Absolutely. Freedom is not absolute. You know, you, it's not freedom from everything and all obligations and all responsibilities and I say what I want, do what I want, and go where I want. No, you don't belong to you. You don't have that kind of freedom. Shall I continue in seeing that grace may be abound? Absolutely God not. forbid. God forbid. You're not free to do that. And I think 
<clears throat> what happens is because we are in bondage in our minds and bonded and in them in turn in bondage spiritually, it begins to deter our growth. What do I mean by that? Think of a goldfish. Yeah. If I gave you a goldfish mm-hmm. and I gave you a little bowl, that goldfish will never grow any bigger than the environment than their environment. Now, if I bought you a goldfish and built you a little small pond in your backyard, you will see goldfish that look like them goldfish at them koi ponds. And I mean, right. but I, but I'm saying, when we don't understand our freedom, we limit our growth. Mm-hmm. We limit who we can be. We limit the person that can, you know, like you may see. And when I brought up the seeing part, knowing part, you may see glimpses of what God wants you to do. But because you're not free, you can't reach it. You can't reach it. Them shackles. And a lot of it is shackles we hold ourselves in. Mm-hmm. We hold ourselves in bondage. The minute that you give yourself to Christ, he wants to know, let you know that you are free. Right. Like, and, and the, you know, the name of the show Road to Damascus, <clears throat> Paul. Mm-hmm. Paul thought he was free until he met Christ. Yep. And every time... And, and look how free Paul was to go and preach the gospel and love on people and convert. But what did he always call himself, Shonda? A slave. A prisoner. Prisoner. To God. He had hooked his, I'm hitching my wagon mm-hmm. to you. Right. I'm a prisoner in you. And he didn't, and him saying that was not taken away from his freedom. What he was saying is, being a prisoner for God is the freest that I've ever been. Mm-hmm. I've sat at the foot of Gamaliel. Right. I've done these things. I know the word. I've I've sat at these councils. Right. I was a slave to all of their teachings and beliefs and thoughts. Mm-hmm. I was a slave to the law. I didn't know what death. I didn't know what death was, or I didn't know what uh, sin was until I. The law came. But the freest that I've ever been mm-hmm. is being a prisoner to God. Right. Think I don't about think that. People understand. You're going to be a prisoner to something. You might not want to believe it, but it's the truth. You're going to be a slave to something, whether it's Christ and righteousness or sin and death. The freedom is you choose. You are free to choose which fork in the road you're going to take. You're free to choose. Each one has benefits. Choice is freedom. Yeah. That's what, that's why. Consequence. But even the tree. Yeah. The tree wasn't like, and I've said this on the podcast. I said, it doesn't matter what the fruit was on the tree. The fruit was really choice. The the, the fruit was really choice. They were free in the garden. So free. Free to do whatever, whenever. Mm -hmm. And God came to visit them every day. Every day. At the same time. He came even after they had eaten from God doesn't deviate from his plan, no matter what we do. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. They realized that I'm not free. I'm not free. No longer free once they ate. They had ultimate freedom before then. They didn't know anything else. And then they put themselves in the bondage by eating. Because I'm not free. I'm I'm. Like, imagine the freedom, Shonda, to just be naked, just be yourself. And, and and I don't even mean naked. 
in the right. physical, physical aspect. Right. I mean, naked in the spirit, like just to be free. Like that almost want to make me cry to just think about the freedom that they had for however long they had that freedom. Whereas like you didn't need clothes because God, everything, God, everything I am mm-hmm. it, it, in you, I move, walk and have my being right. in you. I live, move and have my being. They was literally living that scripture. They didn't know. They didn't know anything. This is all we know. This is all the we know. The first time he saw Eve, she was naked. Right. They didn't have another frame of reference. They didn't have a frame of reference for being covered. Right. This was it. Imagine being free. Mm-hmm. And the minute you think that you're going to eat this fruit that's going to make give you ultimate freedom is the minute you cover yourself up. Sometimes the abundance of knowledge is just as enslaving as freedom. He who gains knowledge gains sorrow. Absolutely. But also wisdom. With with godly wisdom comes great sorrow. Because in order for you to obtain wisdom, you're going to be put in situations where you have to make choices. It is the making of these choices, you know, along with Holy Spirit that gives you wisdom to handle situations. That's how you learn. Things come, painful situations, sad situations, heavy situations, situations that make you angry, learning to handle yourself in the midst of situations that don't change. All of that is how we obtain wisdom. He said, if you ask for it, I'll give it to you and I won't hold it up. That also means a lot of situations are going to come to you that's not going to be held up either. Back to back, on top of each other, one right after the other one. Your freedoms never change. You are still free to choose. We are still free to move in him, no matter what's happening around you, in you, no matter what's happening because of you, no matter what, no matter what, your freedoms are your freedom. We look at situations and create instances of bondage trying to protect ourselves from pain or trying to shield ourselves from uncomfortable situations. We limit our own freedom. So let me ask you, because something you just said right there, do you think because we try to limit ourselves from humiliation, limit ourselves from pain, that those are aspects that put us into our own sense of bondage? Absolutely. <laughs> you remember, we talked about this probably in one of the post shows. David and Bathsheba, all that stuff he went through to get her, for God to say what? I would have gave it to you if you would have asked for me. But all these things he went through that interfered with his freedom to set this up. And all he had to do was just ask. Like, God, can I have her? Which is a whole different conversation. (laughs) But but God told him that. I'm not telling y'all to ask for somebody else. Yeah. (laughs) I was just about to say the same, same thing. Grasp the concept here, people. Right. Grasp the concept. But, yeah, we, we put ourselves in in bondage because when it's one of them things where it's like all you had to do was ask. We put ourselves in bondage trying to create freedom that God's already set forth for us. The children of Israel were supposed to be in the wilderness. What was it, a seven-day, three-day, seven-day? Yeah, a quick trip. Quick trip. A three-hour tour. <laughs> a three-hour right. tour. And it turned into 40 years. Mm-hmm. And the the thing, the point that I often make to people, and I think, because I think a lot, I think there are sometimes lessons in the Bible that we miss. 
because we try to find the, the real glory. But the thing that I always say that's interesting to me about the story about the children of Israel when they finally made it to Canaan, that the only two people that originally were in Egypt were Joshua and Caleb. They were in the wilderness because nobody was over 21, right? Right. So that means they were in the wilderness for 19 years before the children that were going to get to see the promised land were even born. 19 years mm -hmm. because those people still weren't free. Right. They weren't accepting. Like Shonda, imagine I tell you, you're free, Shonda, but I need you to do this in your freedom. Mm -hmm. And every time an obstacle came up, the obstacle was defeated. No matter what the obstacle was, well, you told me to go this way and it's, and it's this water in my way. How am I going to get through this water? Mm -hmm. And then I caused a great wind to come. And not only did the wind blow the water, it dried the land. All right, well, you, you want us to go and, and, and take over this kingdom, but they got giant walls. How are we going to get through? All right, this is what I want you to do. I want you to walk around the kingdom mm -hmm. this many times, and I want you all to blow these trumpets right. and watch these walls fall. And you will see it happen. Well, I'm hungry, and there was never any food. Every morning when you wake up. Yep. There's going to be food for you to eat. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm sick of this, 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 this. I want some meat. You wake up the next morning, quail laying there, ready for you to pick them off and eat them. Well, I didn't been out here a long time, and I want some new clothes. Well, the clothes you got, look at them. Right. Has your shoes worn out? You're not, your, 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 um, your Air Force Ones don't have a crease <laughs> at the top of the toe that happened when you get Air Force Ones. Right. Your clothes don't stink, no holes, no moths. And through all everything you told me that you would do, you did it. Mm -hmm. And I still turn around and be like, but I want to go back, though. Because I can't eat what I want. But you weren't eating what you wanted. Over there. Over either. there either. Right. You were working from sunup to mm -hmm. sundown. Eating scraps. Eating scraps. Making mm -hmm. brick out of straw. Now, I've given you the freedom to eat, giving you the freedom to frolic, to lay, to do all of that. You got and, fresh water coming out of a rock. You have manna falling in the morning. You got quail dropping right in your lap. But, oh, I remember when we sat by the flesh pots in Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> do you, rem you remember getting beat by the flesh pots? You it, was, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. Because you could eat by the flesh pots. But you were only eating what they gave you. You you out here, you're not making straw. As a matter of fact, they only traveled two years. They settled in the area for 38 years. Yeah. Avoiding the responsibilities of freedom. When he promised you a land with milk and honey. He says, listen... Every place you go is yours. You walk in, you see that there are people already living there. But he said, hey, this is yours. Go in there. I'm not going in there. There are people in there. Go in there and tell them to leave. Go in there, kill everybody in there, including the animals, the sheep, the, the kids, the baby. Go in there and do it. And because you have a responsibility 
And because it's not free to you like that, because we have this warped sense of, of free and freedom, you don't do it. There is still a responsibility that we have for these freedoms. You have to go in here and assert your authority. They're going to be afraid of you, and they're going to leave. But no, we stand on the outskirts looking in, because in our minds, we can't have that level of freedom. We can't achieve that. We can't have that. That seemed too good to be true. Yeah. Or we're afraid of freedom. We're afraid of what real freedom can actually look like. Because we've been enslaved. so. And that's where you had the house nigga mm-hmm. who would say, whoa, 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 whoa. Slavery wasn't that bad. Massa love us. Well, that might be easy. He, in he, the house. he only beat us when we don't listen. But Massa make sure I get some of the bread after everybody that ate. Mm-hmm. Bro, you getting the corner pieces. Well, Massa make sure that we get food after they done ate. Bro, you getting chicken that been picked off of mm-hmm. that nobody wanted. They Like, like we, wing, chicken wings were slave food. Right. And I don't think black people really understand that right no. now. That they didn't eat that. Collard green. They didn't eat the wings. Right. So wings. they threw them out. Right. Chitlins. Pig's feet. Mm-hmm. Pig, cow tongue. Right. All of that stuff came from, that's all they was giving us. Right. So we had to make, you had to make chicken salad out of chicken you know what. Mm-hmm. So when we think about them Sunday dinners and eating all of that, and that's all they had. That's all they had. And they had to make the best with what they had. And even it was times where some of them got a taste of freedom and wanted to go back. There's a responsibility that comes with being free that everybody's not ready for. Oh, yeah. Well, the prodigal son, he he wanted freedom. Mm-hmm. I want my fortune. I want to be able to do what I want. Yeah. He wanted freedom from responsibility. You, That's not how that goes. And his daddy gave it to him. Okay. Yeah. Well, sometimes the best, the best experience of life is experience. It is a good teacher. It's a good teacher. And sometimes. An educator. Oh, very. Now that you will be educated thoroughly. Sure enough. So how can we get better, Shonda? What what do we need to do in the body as podcasters, as people who've been called? What do we need to do? The first thing we got to do is step into our. You got to step all the way in, not leaving a toe out, uh, you know, no contingency plan, no plan B. And you have to realize that, oh, there there are going to be many people upset with you about your freedom. Listen, a free person is an agitator to those who don't understand freedom or to those who are comfortable in bondage still. Perfect example. And I don't know if everybody has seen this movie. Django. Remember? <laughs> When Jamie Foxx is pulling up to Candyland on the back of the horse mm-hmm. and the way Samuel Jackson, Stephen okay. yep. looked at him yep. because and- it wasn't that he hated him. He hated his freedom mm-hmm. because the, 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 the comment he immediately said was, who is that nigga on that nag? Meaning, who's that man on that horse, that black man on that horse? Because you wasn't allowed to ride a horse. Right. 
dressing the way he wants. Like, Django was free, mm-hmm. dressed the way he wanted, riding on horses. Yeah. Even said he was going to get to sleep in the big house. That irritates people and Steve, who are afraid to be. And Stephen, because of the liberties he had in bondage, mm-hmm. thought he was free. Right. Because master might run some things by you because mm-hmm. you get to sleep in the big house because you get to inflict punishment on your fellow brothers and sisters. You got a false sense of freedom because you the head nigga. Right. That ain't, <laughs> that ain't freedom. That's not freedom. Your freedom is contingent on keeping other people in bondage. If And, and that's what sin does. Mm-hmm. When we're when we're in sin, not only are we keeping ourselves in bondage, but the, the person who we're keep sinning with, we're keeping them in bondage as well. Sin is communal. What you do affects me. What I do. So I'm sorry I had cut you off. No. Because <laughs> you had said, it just it made me think of that. So you said step one was. Accept your freedom. Accept your freedom. You, know, you have to really accept the fact that that you are free. And because I, the bondages that we have now are our own. Right. And accept that there's going to be people that don't like your freedom. Right. That are, might in fact, just going to hate it. And you have to, like, fight the thought that. It would be better for me to be in bondage than to deal with all the backlash from being free. Like I made a post not too long ago that says I'm fully prepared to deal with the backlash of me being authentically me. Well, you, like you said, your greatest superpower is being you. Everybody not going to like it until they need it. Superman, when he was Clark Kent, mm-hmm. was weak, unsure, frail, un- like. Everything that we would think about of somebody who is not masculine or not strong. Right. But when he became himself, his authentic self, Mm -hmm. he was Superman. When he was Clark Kent, he wasn't Superman. Right. And he went through a lot trying not to be discovered, you know. Instead of just saying, no, this this is who who I am. This is who I am. This is who I am. Well, that's a great analogy. (laughs) I need to get myself up. I'm working the board, so I got to give myself. No, but I'm just saying, when you think about it, he was only effective when he was Superman. When he was Clark Kent, it was just like, who are you? And so are we. You're only effective when you're you. You're doing the job that you were designed to do. You're only effective when you're you. When you're going through all this stuff, trying not to be you and trying not to say what you authentically feel and trying not to think, you know, those thoughts and trying not trying to shape how other people see you and view you. That's a lot of energy expended to not come out of that being free. That's a lot of energy. That's a lot of movement with no progress. Just be who you are. We're not supposed to all be the same. Well, we're not. No, this is not Stepford Wives. Well, like your t-shirt what is your slogan jeans gym shoes and jesus bam everybody's not gonna look the same shonda ain't coming in with a with a dress a skirt no and that's cool that's cool now hold don't get it twisted i can i don't want to that's not yeah period you know and some and some of y'all who do you can't worship no way because your feet hurt your girdle's too tight you snatch to the heavens, but you can't ascend to it. How often do we see them come in with the four-inch heels? Right. And by the time it's five minutes in the service. They over to the side. 
and you barefoot. Right. I'm going to come in in my loafers. I'm going to keep them on the entire time. Right. You have to become unbothered by what other people try to put on you so that you fit in. You were never designed to fit in. You belong just like you are. And that's why even with, with Paul, back to Paul, when he showed up to the original apostles, he wasn't intimidated because he was free. Right. They still they they, they still wasn't free. Right. And you y'all the apostles. You walked with, with Jesus. I had to get the spiritual version right. that had already ascended that taught me in the desert. But when I got to him, I wasn't a whip behind. Right. And and then he saw, oh, y'all still in bondage. I love y'all, but I can't work with y'all. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go ahead and do my own thing. And one of the first things that people in bondage attempt to do to someone who's free is bring them into the bondage. Right. Because your freedom makes me look bad. Right. So I need you to accept this bondage like everybody else. Absolutely. Because if we all in here, we have a false sense of freedom. Right. Until somebody free come passing by. And then we want to program you. Like me and Stefan always talk about, oh, I've been unplugged from the Matrix for a while. Right. Because ignorance ain't bliss, like we talked about in the last show. Right. But people will look at that free person and say, oh, they they in bondage. No, they're actually free. Right. You're in bondage. You don't like what they're doing. Well, think about this, Shonda, because we're using a lot of Bible references today. What was the first, the first council when they all got together? What did they say? They said, if the Gentiles are beginning to get saved, get the Holy Ghost, they need to follow the law. Mm-hmm. And they need to get circumcised. Right. So you're trying to put me back in bondage. Right. You've introduced me to this Christ that is said, that which I say is free is free indeed. Indeed. And now you're going to tell me I got to go back and follow the law and get mm-hmm. circumcised? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. You're going to have to taste some of this bondage that I had to taste. <laughs> and think about that, Shonda. Mm-hmm. Like even, even in society. People who pledge fraternity, sorority, the way they quote unquote haze mm-hmm. is how they were hazed. Right. Oh, you're going to taste some of this hazing that I got. You're going to, when I call you at three in the morning and I want a cheeseburger, you're going to get up at three in the morning and get my cheeseburger. cheeseburger. When I bend you over and pop you with this paddle, good, two good times, you're going to bend over and get this paddle two good times. Mm-hmm. But after, thank you. Right. And then we're going to yeah. be brothers afterward. No, 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 no. Christ ain't telling me that I got to get. I remember I told her, I said, there's no way I could ever join a fraternity because ain't nobody ever putting their hands on me like that. Like, you ain't making me walk around in my drawers. I ain't waking up at 2 in the morning to get you a hamburger. I'm not writing your term paper and whatever else. I'm not judging anybody that's done that. Right. And not everybody's experience is the same. Right. But brothers that I knew, some of the things that they had to go through. Yeah. People that, who pledged back in our in right. our day. Well, I'm a little older. Now. Right. But even uh, school day, just watch school days. If you want to yeah. know what we're talking about, just watch. But yeah. but what I'm saying is we are quick to make people want to taste some of our bondage. Mm-hmm. Even as parents, there's certain things that we won't bless our kids with. Right. Because, no, 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 I ain't get this when I was your age. Right. Get it out the mud. I, don't I thought you mud. worked. So to I be, wouldn't have to. So I wouldn't have to get it out the mud. Right. You went through all of that so I could know real freedom. Christ died so we can know real freedom. Mm-hmm. 
He didn't die to say, all right, I've done it. I paid the price. Right. He said, you're going to have to carry some of this cross with me. But he ain't say we got to go get crucified. Right. But why should you come in and be free when I had to go through it like that? Imagine if Jesus thought like that. None of us would be here. None, none of us. <laughs> I'd have been gone a long time. <laughs> long time. Ago. Yep, yep. Nah, dude, wait. The way he had, and and the and the and yeah. the thing with the thing, and then the carrying the cross up, yeah. and then the yeah, you gonna break my arm as you? Nah. I think I was very aware of who needed to be born and in what time in what era. <laughs> no, no, you you don't come through during this time. You, right. You, we'll save you for later. Right. Yeah. You ain't you ain't cut for for no. this. You not cut for this. No, Shonda my couldn't mother have... used to tell me you, you talk a lot. You, I always wanted to know why, and uh, I always had an opinion. Clearly, I've always been that way. Uh so yeah, would have been the wrong dispensation. Would have right. been the wrong era, right? For me, anything earlier than the last fifty years, yeah, anything wouldn't have been before seventy two. <laughs> would have like, been an issue. Yeah, I just missed Jim Crow. So right? It was just, excuse me. Excuse me. What? Who you talk? Who you talking to? Don't coon talk me. Listen, I still don't do well with that. Don't be condescending because I understand the level of freedom that I have. Don't coon talk me. Don't do that. Right. No, People I understand. walk in the room and they have a false idea of of the freedoms that we should have based on what we look like. I don't have that mis- misconception. The same freedoms that you have, yeah, I have. I have. And matter of fact, because I have Christ, I actually have more freedoms because I know I'm free on this side and, and on free on the, side. on the other side. I am free from the law of sin and death. I am free from misunderstanding. I am free. There's, there's no more veil between uh, he and I. I can go in boldly and have build this relationship with him for myself. I am free to access him whenever I need him. I'm free to do that. So if there's nothing between the channel of me accessing him, there's nothing in the channel of him getting back to me. There's no, we're free to go in and we're free to receive from him. And to have this, I still can't say what I want and do what I want. I don't have the freedom to spew venom against you. I'm not free to hate you. You know, I'm not free to operate in my flesh. That's not how it goes. But but it's funny because the things that, we are not free from actually make us better people. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. Like how can you hate your brother who you see every day and love a guy whom you've never seen? You can't. I mean, you understand what I'm saying? Like I that's, sure that's like, like if, if, if your earthly father, if your heavenly father do for you, how much more, or no, if your earthly father do for you, how much more would your heavenly father do for you? Like it's not, it's like the things that he, ass are not things that will make you feel like you in bondage. Right. But yet we teach it as bondage. We portray it as bondage. Mm-hmm. And that's why people are leaving. Like love, love each other. You are free to do that. Like you, man, I, I like, I genuinely love you. And I like, you. I love you, you know? too. <laughs> no, I love you too. And, and, but even with that, the Bible doesn't require me to like anybody. Right. But I have to love everyone. Mm-hmm. And I think we get that misconception even with that. I don't have to like th- 
things people do. Right. I don't have to like things people say. Right. But I still have to love you. And I don't think people understand that. Because if you have true love, like I'm pretty sure Jesus had some of these people that he was like, he gave them this, Sean, that this looked like, what? Right. Uh, Okay. You know, he gave them the, okay. But he, but he loved them. And I'm sure sometimes he he's thinking, how how you get that from this? Like what what is it about the love of God that makes you think that's okay? And matter of fact, I love you so much that you're gonna deny my name three times and I'm still gonna love you. You matter of fact, you're gonna be the first person I ask about when I come back. Now we we out here, Shonda. Somebody don't even take up for us on some old side, you know, like like somebody be like, Dog, so and so can be a trip sometime. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sometime. You said I could be a trip sometime. You can. You be in a trip right now. Right. Yeah. Listen. Yeah, y'all ain't free from the truth. <laughs> we we are not free from the truth or from truth tellers. Perhaps might not have the best reputation because of that. But so before we start, did you have any? I know we kept going on diatribes and rants. That's but what did, we do. Yeah, that's what we do. Did you Y'all have, are listening to a conversation between me and my brother. Absolutely. And it's like this all the time. And, and it's actually more filtered than y'all think. Yeah. yeah. It's like, these be six six point twos on the Richter scale. Y'all ain't got, the conversations beforehand sometimes be 9.8s, 9.7s. The, the kind that shook up San Francisco in the, in, in in the late 80s. Was that the late 80s, early 90s? That big earthquake. So, um, But did you have any more points you wanted to make as far as um, how we get out of this, how we can move beyond this? No, I mean, just understand that freedom is not the absence of correction. You know, we have to be corrected. You have to accept the fact that you could possibly be wrong in order to experience truth. Hey, man. So... Before we get to closing statements, you know what time it is. The block is hot. We haven't had a block is hot segment in a couple weeks, but Shonda made sure to tell me we need to have a block is hot segment. Oh, yeah. So go ahead, Shonda. The block is hot. I know how you feel about this, so I don't, <laughs> I don't know what's about to come out of this. But I saw, I saw a little video clip the other day, and, and this is for our you know, trans America. Um, now let me say this: I love everybody. Doesn't matter to me what you were born as or how you identify. <clears throat> Excuse me, I have no um, prejudices. Um, you know, concerning it, but I saw an article about a a trans woman who was uh, born a man, now living as a woman who is a cheerleader, who choked out um, a female teammate for using a slur. Um, and it just made me think about trans women are in female sports, um, and most of them weren't successful in their sport as men, but they come into women's sports where they excel. Um, but you can't take that testosterone out of your system. You know, they're not skilled 
um, in dealing with their emotions because women are emotional. So we are accustomed to, you know, feeling a lot of emotion. We deal with our frustrations and irritations different than men. And now you are a man living as a woman in women's sport, the woman's sport where you can compete and win. And I don't think that that is fair. Um, The Biden administration um, has irritated me in the fact that they're withholding money or funding from schools who won't allow students who are born as boys to use the little girls' rooms. And um, I believe the discomfort should be borne by the owner of the decision. If you've decided or if you this is how you feel, you feel like I'm a woman trapped in a man's body and you want to live as a woman, the discomfort is on you to figure out how, you know, you're going to use um, facilities and, and the restrooms, and you should be prepared for the backlash. Um, outrageous social currency, so now people are upset about it and they're irritated, and we're looking for government officials to do something, and nothing's being done. But let me tell you this. If a little boy goes into the bathroom that's designed for little girls and hurts my little girl, the next time he goes into a bathroom, it's going to be one with that little wheelchair on the door. I think everybody should be able to choose what you want, choose what you want to do, say what you want to say. Because once we start to censor that, um, that's when, when folks start telling you, when you want to talk about Jesus, they're going to start trying to control that as well. So we have to be careful, you know, asking for censor- censorship. Because when I get ready to say something about Jesus, I want to be able to say it without anybody telling me that I can't say it. So when you have these issues that come up with um, men who feel like they're women and they want to participate in women's sports, you are free to do whatever you want to do. You are not free to force me to like it or to agree with it. You're not free to force people to like it or to agree with it. And I don't think our government should be in positions to withhold funding because people are trying to protect their little girls. By the same virtue, I don't think um, girls who identify as men should be in the men's bathroom. I think however you were born, that should be the door that you choose. Now, you might not like what I said, but I said what I said, and those are my thoughts on the block is hard. And that is another segment of the block is hot. Now, I know y'all wondering, well, why you didn't say anything? No, on the block is hot. We just let people shoot their flame, shoot their fire, and uh, we move on from that. So I love that catchy tune. I like that too. <laughs> I really do. So um, we've had a great discussion today um, about freedom. Felt like we could have went on longer. I would have loved that had um, Stephan and Lauren on the episode today. So we're about to go ahead and uh, close this out. So Rabbi, hit us with your closing. Uh, freedom. Uh, we are all entitled to it. We should all be looking forward to it. We should all be trying to find ways to step over into our freedoms. Um, let, let me just say this. Don't get, um, just because something makes you feel good doesn't mean that it's impactful. And just because something bruises you doesn't mean that it's not. Um, understand freedoms. Understand that there are people who are are still bound, but they don't recognize it. So use your freedom to help other people gain theirs instead of making them feel bad because they're not yet free. Um, 
we are all entitled. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And that is freedom from the law of sin and death, which we should all seek to be free from. So find out where you're bound. Ask yourself, am I really free? When you get ready to do something, ask yourself authentically, why am I doing it? Am I doing this for me? Am I classically conditioned to think like this or to do this? Or is this how I really, really feel about something? Because there can be no freedom until there's real honesty. Amen. 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 Thank you for that, Rabbi. One of my all-time favorite movies is The Matrix. Love that movie. And... Anybody who's ever seen it, I know a lot of people have done correlations between spirituality and God and all of that through the movie. But the parts to me is two key parts that I'm going to use for my closing. One is when they finally um, let Neo free. Morpheus says to Neo that typically at a certain age, we don't free minds because they can't accept that, that the matrix isn't real. And the second one is when they started to um, fight sequence and Neo said, what are you trying to do? And he said, I'm trying to set you free or set your mind free. But then you contrast that with the man on the ship who wanted to go back into the matrix because he didn't like what the real world was offering. And he wanted the benefits of what, the matrix would give you where the matrix was basically using you as a battery to suck out your life force and then get rid of you. Sin wants to suck out our life force and get rid of us. But we have a freedom in Christ that is like any other. And if we begin to diligently seek him. And when I say diligently seek him, I mean diligently seek a relationship with him. He will give you all the information and give you all the things that will set you free. Because that which he said is free, is free indeed. And with that being said, I want to thank you all for listening to another episode of Road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. And until next time, I thank you for listening. God bless. <laughs>